Welcome to On the Power Play. It's Gritty's Wet Dream. Back with the boys. We got Adam, Matt, and I'm Brian. Welcome back, boys. Episode two. The best. What's up, guys? Good to see you. Living the dream every day. Not mine, but somebody's, I'm sure. Happy 10 days before Christmas. Yeah, for sure. Jesus. And also, uh, happy Hanukkah to our Jewish listeners. Yes. Gotta, gotta, gotta respect it all. Gotta respect it all. Uh, so, last episode, we got into the divisions, how they're going to work out, our way too early playoff predictions, because why not? What's the worst that could happen? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, um, <laughs> so, it was confirmed later on after the episode that the Canadian division is happening due to the fact that Canada just wants nothing to do with the United States right now. So the Canadian division is a thing. As far as we know, that's the only confirmed information about the season that's happening in less than a month. Um, so hopefully information keeps cycling through on that. But let's, I guess we kind of dove into it, but we got to obviously get a little bit more into it due to the realigning be, being confirmed. So new Canadian division, this opens up a whole lot because in this Canadian division, you got a couple of teams that were probably poised to win the divisions that they were in, but now they're all together and playing each other, which is just going to get absolutely wild. I know my degenerate ass is definitely going to be on the betting lines somewhere in there. <laughs> and you, you also have teams that were looking to struggle in their divisions now that they're in this division. They, they got a new open – open mindset to it and can they can really think they can contend you know for sure i mean it, especially when you when you look at the other divisions as they've been kind of i guess mock put together with a pacific a central and a northeast along with the canadian division so not a whole lot changed but some things have, have flip-flopped a bit in these divisions and i'm kind of excited about it we're not going to get as in-depth as we did last episode but we're definitely going to have to touch base on this this is about the biggest hockey news that we that we can think of right now. Uh, so let's look at this Canadian division. We got the Flames, the Oilers, the Canadians, the Senators, the Maple Leafs, the Canucks, and the Jets. I can think of about four of those teams that were looking at being top playoff contenders. And now they're all in the same division. And I don't think that there's going to be any American travel. So they're just going to play each other all season long. Which we'll is see. Yeah. We'll see. So... I mean, who do you like at the top of this one? I still like Vancouver. But yeah. I mean, obviously, you still have the Oilers, the Canadiens. I mean, the Flames are always irritating enough to, to get in somewhere. And then the Maple Leafs, that's five teams right there. You want to know a team that I feel like really has improved from moving into this Canadian division is Winnipeg because they were in the Central. They were in the team that – with the Western Conference champs, the Stars were in, that uh, the Blues were in, last year's Stanley Cup champions. They were in a tough division, and now they're in this one. And it's it's uh, a chance for them to really uh, contend, you know, get in on playoffs, whatever I guess, that looks I mean, like. Whatever that looks like. I guess, but, like, the Jets, to me, just don't have it, you know? I mean, Adam, That's a very point. We, we talked about sure. that last episode. That's really, yeah. What do the Jets really have besides, you know, a good goaltender, Collar Hellenbuck? Yeah, I mean, and I guess Patrick Laine. But, I mean, Adam, what are you thinking about this Canadian division? I don't know. I feel like a team like Toronto is going to struggle a little bit. Um, I feel like... Edmonton's going to be another team that kind of struggles. I mean, the Pacific was starting to weaken off with the three California teams kind of teetering off. Um, and now that you throw them into a, a pretty stacked Canadian division, I think they're going to struggle. They might not perform as strongly as we originally thought. Um, Winnipeg, I, I could see pulling something out. I think Vancouver runs away with the division, though. Running away is a tough one. It's a tough term to say right there because, you know, I mean, you think about think about it. Ottawa probably isn't going to do too well in this division. Yeah, not well. If they struggle, we'll probably be a wild card team. I'd say the same thing about Edmonton, Calgary. You can go. You're, saying, you're saying you're saying that, but you still got Leon Draisaitl and Connor McDavid who led their way pretty well. I mean, obviously Leon Draisaitl winning the Hart Trophy. I get it. You're, you got your back end's not as strong as your front front four 
and their goaltending's with Cam Talbot's kind of up in the air, some good, some bad. And but that's where I think they're probably they're one of the teams that can defy that defense first mentality and they can score a lot of goals. But the goaltending's too shaky for me. Yeah. Goaltending's way too shaky for Edmonton to make any sort of waves in a division like this. Like, these are high-scoring teams, man. Like, three to four goals a game with good goaltending. Yeah. So – I mean, Cam Talbot's kind of a pseudo-journeyman goaltender. Never really found a home. I mean, he's okay. But, I mean, he's not going to be able to get you two goal, one goal, even shut out games consistently. I yeah, mean, that's true. That's true. And, yeah, I mean, with Mick Jesus, you can pretty much do anything you want. But hey, Dreisaitl doesn't get enough tension – Enough respect until this year. He is an amazing player, and he makes other players better than when he's not playing with McDavid. McDavid if does I'm, good. If, if I'm Leon Dreisaitl, I, I want out of that city so badly. You know how much money he can make somewhere else without having Connor McDavid on the same team, same line? Well, he would make so much money. I feel like his dynamic with McDavid is similar to uh, Malkin and Crosby in Pittsburgh, though. Which is kind of why I think, yeah, probably won't. I mean, obviously he's not going to go anywhere. He's signed there long term, but yeah, I think that's the dynamic that they're looking at there. I'm wondering if those contracts for Edmonton are hindering their ability to go get a decent goaltender. You know, hmm. like We're I, I, I mean, this, even this off season, uh, Darcy Kemper from the Coyotes was on. I guess the trading block. They were probably asking way too much for him, but. You got you got to make some sacrifices for good goaltending. I mean, obviously they can't sacrifice anything off the back end because they have nothing to supply to anybody. So I mean, who are you really going to give up? Probably some draft picks. But Cam Tab is not going to get it done. That's I don't see it. I I see Edmonton being a playoff team, but definitely not winning the division. But also, Adam, I don't see Vancouver running away with the division at all. I see a tight one down the stretch. The teams probably being involved are going to be Vancouver, Toronto, and Montreal, in my eyes. Uh, Edmonton obviously being in it, too. But it looks like every division kind of got a little bit of a reworking, obviously, with all those teams being taken away from divisions. Uh, the most impacted division uh, is mostly the Central and the Pacific. Those look like the two most impacted to kind of open things, open things up a bit. Uh, obviously, the Pacific, we talked about last episode. I mean, Colorado's going to kind of just waltz their way to the, <laughs> the division win. Uh, things get a little tighter underneath them. But, I mean, I think, honestly, I think, and for Adam's sake, I think this is good for you, I think that opens up a huge lane for San Jose to make their way into the playoffs. I would love to see it. Um, some of the analytic guys I followed on Twitter would say otherwise. I've seen uh, just projected based on how they performed last season. They were pretty much last in the in that conference with how things were shaking up. Now nothing's confirmed as far aside from the Canadian uh, division. Uh, nothing else is really confirmed. But from I guess yeah. where it was at the time, San Jose was looking like a bottom bottom feeding team. Yeah, right. well, player like Tomas Hurdle, he's really shown he's gotten up and up. He's still a young player. He's got a good captain in Logan Gatorik. He proved himself under Joe Pavelski that he was the next guy in line. He took it from Brett Burns. I wasn't expecting that. Not, not even close. They still got Brett Burns. Eric Carlson's coming back. I think I think uh, your, your kind of key piece that you need to perform well for the team to get maybe not be a bottom feeder is definitely Eric Carlson. If he shows up and performs the way that he can and that we've seen before, especially when he was in Ottawa, then I think you guys have a solid team there in San Jose. I would but, my, my biggest thing with the Sharks is still goaltending. I mean, I, I know I said it last episode, if any team's going to have a bounce back tandem, it's going to be Dubnik and Jones. But Jones is a question mark for me. Um, I agree with Fish. Thomas Hurdle was – it's probably one of the key – key young pieces we have uh a lot of our other talent is pretty up there in age so i don't know you know how well we're, we're going to be looking at 
for the season. I don't know if I agree with Brent Burns being the next captain in line. I never saw I that. thought he was going to be the next captain in line over Logan Couture. That's why yeah, I, I, really, I feel like coming too. I, I never, to be honest, I never prepared for Pavelski to leave. So, I mean, that – You're still – I'm still a little bit emotionally scarred because Pavelski left. However, if you really want to get into it, and we can, and Brian's going to, where did he go? Dallas. Probably why? Cup contenders. I mean, no. Tyler Sagan, Fan Rocket. It's oh, Tyler yeah. Sagan, yeah, yeah. Rocket. You want to play with that man every day. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah, so it looks like not a whole lot's changed, uh, except for obviously the Canadian division, as far as the other divisions are concerned. I mean, really, this whole new Northeast division being Boston, Buffalo, New Jersey, the Islanders, the Rangers, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington. That just sounds like such a hard fucking division. Yeah, isn't it the best? Isn't it the best? <laughs> it's definitely the best division out of all of them. You don't even have, other than New Jersey, you don't really have in, like one bottom feeder. And New Jersey just got Corey Crawford, so we don't know what their whole team's going to look like now. They might have decent goaltending and do something with it. Other than that, though, not a whole lot. However, <laughs> this this whole this whole Canadian division, I'm I'm gassed up about. I'm excited to watch yeah. what happens in that division. I feel like it's going to be. I'm excited to see. Wild. I'm excited to see Edmonton, uh, Calgary go at it night after night. If uh, we'll and play multiple back to backs. I hope so. Right. Give me another so, goalie fight. Let's go. Yo, I'll tell you, you know, if, if I can get Calgary and Edmonton to just play each other all the time, I'm so <laughs> ready for that. It's the new number one in the league. The, yeah. Well, last year, the Battle of Alberta got heated because now you got Kachuk. And then mm-hmm. is um, Zach Cassian still on the Oilers? I believe so. Yeah. I can double check. All that. right. Well, those two are just going to keep going after each other, and it's going to be fucking phenomenal. Yeah. So, Vegas has spoken, by the way. You know, they didn't – I don't think they listened to us a whole lot. They should, <laughs> but I don't think they did. Vegas has spoken as far as the odds of who will win the Stanley Cup. The top four, in no specific order, and I would like you guys to choose who you think in a specific order is. Uh, we have the Bruins, the Avalanche, the Lightning, and the Golden Knights – not in any specific order. Who do you think is your four to one for Vegas odds to win the cup? I think I'm Avalanche is on this list. Yeah, I'll go first. I think the Avalanche, the um, I think the Bruins are last. So I got my one. There's my fourth. The other two are who are they bring again? Uh, the Lightning and the Golden Knights. Lightning. I gotta say, I gotta say they got the Golden Knights two and then Tampa three. All right, all right, Adam. What That's do you think? Three. I'm gonna agree with Fish. Colorado is number one. After them, I think it's gonna be Tampa, Boston, and then Vegas. And the only reason I have Vegas at the bottom there, and am I missing one or was it? No, no you, you, those are the ones. Okay. The only reason I have Vegas at the bottom is because of all the trade rumors and the uncertainty about Mark Andre Fleury. Both of you were so fucking close. You nailed it with Colorado. Uh, they're a plus 700 to win. Uh, they're obviously Jesus. the top pick there. Uh, you guys, it seemed like you got crossed up in the middle there. So Tampa comes in at number two with plus 800 odds. And then it's the Golden Knights at number three with mm. plus 800 odds. So I guess technically they have the same odds, so they both be two, but we won't get into it. And then Boston comes in with plus 1,300 odds of winning the Cup. Uh, so you guys were close, but you nailed it with Colorado. They have the best odds of winning the cup this season. Uh, so if, you, if you're a degenerate like me and we're going to keep track of this all year long, we're going to have a little gambling corner. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna, we got to keep track of these things, boys. If you want to put – I mean, I already put my, my all Philadelphia uh, bet in where all Philadelphia teams win the championship. Oh, uh, it's never going to happen. However, if it does by some – act of a higher being i bet ten dollars i win 7.9 million i feel like that just goes to speak on its own why not yeah fair i'll go with you 
Although I don't know if I'd have anywhere to spend it because there would no longer be the city of Philadelphia. It would no longer exist. The whole thing would <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> it, it would be gone. There would be nothing left. So what we wanted to do with this episode is we wanted to do some just random, some, some constructive, but also a little bit of random uh, rankings, just because that's really all you can do right now with the season not starting yet, no training camps, not a whole lot of news going on. We're going to just do some randomized rankings. As far as I know, we haven't done any in-depth research, so this is just going to be all off the cuff based on our emotions, what we feel from last season. So we're going to start with best and this one, this one just makes sense. I mean, obviously, we're on the power play. Best power play in the league next year. Uh, so I haven't done any forward-thinking research on this one. Uh, but, Matt, who, who are you thinking is going to come out with the best power play, most potent power play in well, the weird corona season? Well, I'm, it's easy to go with the easy answer, who's the best odds to win the Stanley Cup. And Colorado's got a great two-pair lethal power play but then you you also look at how teams are gonna you know react to this shortened season i look at a team like tampa bay that's gonna roll off of this cup win and, and continue to have a good power play and then you look at like washington they're gonna have a new coach but they still not got their key core on the power play and they're gonna be lethal and then you got teams that you know have question marks but have shown they can have good power plays. Obviously, let's start with the obvious one with me and you being Philadelphia. Can they right find on, consistency right on. on the power play? They've shown they can have a good power play at times, even better than good. But they can also show it can go really quiet and they can change momentum. So they got to try and find consistency. How do they do that? Great question. <laughs> who, who knows? Who knows? I, I mean – I think you got to be drastic and you got to try and put players who aren't, haven't had much power play time on. I think you got to take guys like Jake and Claude off. I think you got to replace them with like guys like Lawton, guys like Roffle, guys who deserve to have a chance on that power play. Try and put Patrick and Limblon back on there. Obviously, you put Hayes, Konechny. I mean, bouncing off that, I, I really think power plays, especially with the league the way it is now, I'm not saying that the league that we play that is being played now is necessarily the most aggressive league ever played in hockey because it's not. However, I think the successful power plays, there's two of them. There's your grit power plays, just some sandpaper fucking guys that are going to get in the dirty areas to poke one pass, or your pure speed. Guys are just going to skate by you and make you look foolish. Uh, so you, you think that the best power play is going to be uh, Colorado? Colorado? That's a solid pick. Colorado's power play right now looking like McKinnon, Rantanen, Landish, Cog, McCarr, and Kadri, which is ridiculous. And their, and their other guy is Burkowski. So what the fuck that's about? That's just rude. Uh, Adam, what, do you, what are you thinking here? Who's your, who's your top power play? Well, being the guy that likes to look at stats, I pulled up the 2019-20 regular season power play percentage brought to you by ESPN. Of course you did. Yeah, you know. Uh, Edmonton had the number one power play last season. Yes, they did. They had a, a 29.5 percentage. Uh, Colorado, believe it or not, had – where were they? They had – Sixth. Best. They were the 19th. 19th. Number six was Toronto. So, I could see well, – Edmund, Does Edmonton still have James the Real Deal, Neil? I don't Edmonton? know. Edmonton? Yeah, yeah, they do. I think they do. I think they locked they them up to a them, right? deal. Okay. They do. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's a potent power play right there. That is a pretty potent power play. Although, that being said, looking at the statistics, I think I am going to agree with Fisher, um, especially after, Bing, you read off that scary-sounding power play unit. Uh, I think Colorado is probably going to have a good, uh, a good power play this season, especially in a shortened season. But I wouldn't right. be surprised if Edmonton challenges them for that spot. Right. Uh, for me, I have – I have a couple in mind, one solid that I think they're going to be the best. Uh, personally, I think just this is based off feeling alone. I really think that Vancouver is going to have the best power play. Uh, last year, they were ranked fourth. Mm -hmm. 
but you know, when you got Pedersen, Miller, Horvat, Hughes, and Toffoli, and then your backup mm. guys are Brock Besser and Edler, that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's really it's good. Not, it, it might not be as name heavy as Colorado's, but those guys, that's the type of, that's a, that's the type of uh, speed power play I was talking about. That they will just skate by you and make you look dumb. Uh, especially if you end up taking a five on three because they're skating by you so fast, take a dumb tripping or dumb hooking because you weren't moving your feet. Uh, so they're just going to, I think that they're going to be the best. Uh, it's kind of a shot in the dark, but I like it. I like it. Uh, also some honorable mentions. Uh, I think uh, Toronto's obviously should be talked about Matthews, yeah. Marner, Tavares, uh, Riley and Nylander. I was just about that's, to bring that up. And then you just had two old heads who had strong power play success in Wayne Simmons and Joe Thornton. Now, mm -hmm. Adam, how does it feel to have Patrick Marler go to the Leafs, come back, and then have Joe Thornton travel to Toronto to play for the Leafs? It's, Don't talk it's, to me. Don't talk to me. Because <laughs> it can't be a coincidence. I will say, not for nothing, if – Thornton can win the cup in Toronto. I would love it. There's a lot of story there. Uh, oh, yeah, well, that's, his, that's his home. Yeah. It would hurt, but I would love to see it. Um, I'd love to see Patty Marlowe win the cup in San Jose more, but I digress. But let's talk about their power play. Ken, do you think they can add a gritty player like Wayne Simmons in front of the net and have that success he had when he played in Philadelphia? How good is his tip game? Like, how good can he tip the puck in? Zimmer's always had some pretty good hand-eye coordination. And he would always whack away rebounds. It was great. But then when when things started dying off here, his power play game really took a hit. And that's what that's what his that's what his electricity was. He was a great power play player. He's a he's a front of the net presence. He's just he's there, he's aggressive, and he's just gonna whack. If it gets near him, he's just whacking at it. Some of it's luck, some of it's uh, skilled luck, uh, but he's tenacious in there. And I, I think any good power play is going to benefit from a front net presence like Wayne Simmons. I, I, forgot, I'm, I forgot my role as the analytics guy and how I have the power at my fingertips to look at his, uh, you know, his play on the power play and everything. Looking at Wayne Simmons, not looking good on the power play. Not looking good. It's been a while since he's been good. That's why I'm Questioning if they can rekindle that electricity he had, but Joe Thornton, the play, the playmaker, Joe Thornton, you add him with Austin oh, yeah. Matthews and Mitch Marner, Jumbo Joe, man, they call him Jumbo because he can land a Jumbo Jet on that landing strip of a gray stripe in his beard. <laughs> Dear God, he doesn't, he doesn't have the beard anymore. Some, someone get him some. Uh, what what's that? Just uh, for, for men. men gray Just for men. Salt and pepper. That, that always frustrated me. He looked like he was two-toned. Was that on purpose? <laughs> he looked like a skunk tail. I never heard anything, so I don't know. Absolutely ridiculous. He did shave it off, right? Yes, he did. That's an abomination. Yeah, that's why I'm growing mine out now in memory of his. Are you going to dye the middle section? You should just no, dye it white. I'm not, I'm not that crazy. Just throw some white out on there. You'll be fine. I have to work in public. I can't do that. <laughs> ah, hell with the public. You work at Walmart. That's not uh, that. The public is just a mess. Okay. <laughs> I work in the Strasburg Walmart, so <laughs> even, if you're from, even if you're from the Berg, if you're from the Berg, you know what I mean. <laughs> so, and if you are from the Berg, don't go to that Walmart. Maybe. I want to talk about a power play that's added a spark, and I want to see if they could be a top end power play. That's Buffalo. You add Taylor Hall. You add Eric Stahl, you know, to an already strong front and a tough second line. Can they, can they, can they gain a spark in a power play and, you know, push themselves over that point to make themselves a good team? If I'm Taylor Hall, I got to be pissed right now. I've never been on a good team, but I think that I think it's going to help for certain, especially with the addition of Stahl. I mean, he's not anything close to what he used to be, but he's effective, and he's an effective passer, which is always good to have on a power play. Yeah. And especially with Eichel and Hall. You kidding me? That's ridiculous. Uh, two honorable mentions from me. I got Florida 
This just sounds Ooh. disgusting. Yeah, um, they got a great power play unit. Barkov, Huberdeau, Hoffman, Yandel, Dadnov, and your backup is Ekblad? Oh. Mm-hmm. That is just foul. That is so gross. Uh, and they then score my a lot second, of gold. My second honorable mention, and this is just honestly bouncing off the momentum they got from the cup run uh, at Dallas. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, it's got to be healthy. They do. They got to be healthy, especially in the goaltending. But if we're talking power play strictly, I mean, this is ridiculous. You got, you got Joey Pavs, you got Klinberg, you got Hintz, Ben, Daddy Sagan, and then you got Radulov, Heiskanen, and Gurianov. You kidding me? That's rude. Yeah. yeah. What the fuck is that? Oh. Full Some of these power play units, man, are just disgusting. Where did Dallas finish last season? They finished. Second. Oh, in the power play? Yeah. In the power play, they finished 13th. 13th, yeah. And I think they were probably going to finish in the bottom bottom if it wasn't for that playoff run. They were pretty effective in the offensive zone during the playoffs. Well, that 13th ranking, I think, is just the regular season. That doesn't even take into account their playoff run. They were a team like the Flyers that couldn't find much consistency, you know. They got real hot when they got hot, but real cold when they got cold. And then even Montreal, Tatar, Gallagher, Drouin, Weber, Petri, and then Domi, Suzuki, and Armia. What the hell? And if they get the production, they think uh, – because I'm pretty sure Anderson's over there, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so if they get the production that they're, they're paying him for, that that's an even right. fuller option if they want to throw him on the power play. Right. All right, moving on from the power play, uh, another uh, – this one's just a random one that I've – thought of today that I thought was hysterical. Who do you think is the best fighter in hockey right now? Who is going to knock out the most teeth this year? I have, I have the, the, the obvious one. Yeah. But I just, he's hysterical and I love him to death, but I got to know who you guys think. Matt, what do you got? It's a, it's a big dude in Vegas, Mr. Ryan Reeves, dude. And I would, I do not understand how anybody would want to fight that guy. Who he is voluntarily stepping to that man? Evander Kane. Yeah. No, Evander Kane's trying to fight a YouTuber. That's a totally different story. Well, before the YouTuber, he was stepping to Ryan Reeves. I don't know why anyone would voluntarily put their face anywhere near his fist. I just want to watch. Honestly, I could watch probably an hour of him and Tom Wilson fighting each other on ice. They probably yeah. want to fight each other an hour long on ice. Well, they. I, well, I mean, that's like part of their game. They're not goal scorers. <laughs> They're big, beefy dudes that throw fists, and I love it. Yeah. Because Lucic still have it. I think Lucic still has that meanness to him. I, oh, think I mean, he's, yeah, he's mean, but I think he's moved more to an instigator than a fighter. Yeah. I think he's going the way of the Kachucks. Speaking of the Kachucks, those two kind of irritate the shit out of me, kind of like Brad Marchand a bit, because they're young, so they can be scrappy if they want to be scrappy. But if you're going to start talking smack, especially Brady Kachuk, or not Brady Kachuk, especially Matt Kachuk. Oh, you think uh, Matt's the worst one? Yeah, because he just I think Brady's the worst one. I think I I agree with Fish. I think we just haven't seen it yet because Brady's still so new. Brady, Brady I went out. Like they talk a bunch of shit and they don't fight. Cross-checked him in the head. I was like, "Whoa, that guy's a good." Well, they're, they're scumbags. I mean, it's like they went to the school of Brad Marchand. They're just fucking rats. I mean, they're obviously not out there licking people yet, but that's the next level. Cross-checking someone in the head is the gateway drug to licking someone. It's weird. It's a weird. <laughs> it's a weird world to live. The people listening, can we please make that also a shirt next to the <laughs> Tyler Sagan Man Rocket shirt? I have uh, – there's so much content. So much content. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's move on to uh, – this one, I think, this is going to be interesting. This is going to be – so I want to talk about who you think is going to be the best D-pairing in the league. Uh, so you have a lot to go with here. Feel free to type away on your laptop or whatever search engine you're using. Um I just wanted – because there's a lot. There's, I think that this is some of the best young defensive play we've seen from a lot of these rookie classes, especially with Hughes. And I, I feel like it's a new generation of D-man. I mean, even on 
on the Flyers, not to keep bringing it back to him, but I mean, uh, Philip Myers obviously just got re-signed. Ivan Provorov being who he is already. And then you got Travis Sanheim. Yeah, you got that chemistry between Sanheim and Myers, too. They, they show it. It's evident. Exactly. Now, for clarification's sake, are we talking, like, overall? Or are we talking, like, top two parents? Like, you can, you can go overall if you'd like to. But, I mean, I'm talking about, like, your, your top pairing. I mean, okay. if you want some honorable mentions of, like, one guy who's maybe his pair isn't that great, but, like, yeah, one guy that needs to be just brought into the, the consideration. Jesus. Well, I think I might have just found mine. Don't mind oh, yeah, me. Uh, I'm looking at the Columbus Blue Jackets and Seth Jones and Zach Wierenski. Let's go. Ooh, yeah. That I don't know if they're going to be par- I don't know if they're going to be pairings, but those two are very, very freaking good. Yeah, I don't know if they'll be pairings either, but if they n- they're not, they should be because that's just disgusting to look at in just any way, shape, or form. Oh my god. I I mean I I yeah, I didn't even think about that. I feel like in my head I'm like, do they even exist? <laughs> I, mean, I mean it's true. I mean they they, they do play in Columbus. It, I, it's just like Columbus just damn, what a pairing. Shab, wow. Yeah. They should be a better team than they are, man. I think they're getting there. I, they're getting I there. honestly think they're a piece or two away. Oh my god, I just found another one. If they're yeah. Well, don't don't get them all the way now. Let Matt have. I won't. Yeah, yeah, I will. Obviously, I love my Ivan Provorov. Love him. He's he's the most underrated defenseman in the NHL. The team we just lost to in the playoffs in a seven-game series has a pairing of Ryan Pollock and Johnny Boychuk, and boy, are they a tough pairing to play against. They just they can generate offense. They're tough on defense, and they hit, and they and they're snarly. Snarl. Hey. Yeah, that, that is a gnarly pairing. Oh my god. Cool. Mm-hmm. I I'm gonna go with I don't think it's the obvious one. I just think it's the just the the most overpowered one in the league. And I think that's Jan Ruda and Victor Hedman. What the I mean I, it's ridiculous. I mean you It's easy Victor to look Hedman good next to that dude. It's easy to look good next to the best defenseman in the league. That's for sure. Yeah, but it's not like Jan Ruda's just standing there and being a pylon, you know? It's – yeah, I, yeah he's, he's not driving the bus there. But, like, that's a ridiculous pairing. I will I mean, say, uh, just for Matt's point, I'm being told uh, to remind you, basically, that Boychuk had to retire, so he won't be in a pair. Yeah, Boychuk did have to retire. All right, because I thought his But they still had Thomas Hickey. You got Sebastian Aho. Oh wait, they don't have Aho. They don't have Aho. No mistake. Yeah, but they they got they got put they got good defensemen. I don't know. I mean, I, Sebastian Aho's defenseman. Yeah, another, another one that's kind of nasty is yeah. Kale McCarr and Ryan Graves in Colorado. Oh, that yeah. Anything, but that's more offensive, scary. really. I mean, I would feel remiss if I didn't mention uh, Eric Carlson and uh, Mark Edward Vlasic. Ah, yes. Could be. Could be. He tickle himself. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, I hope. I don't know. His contract is a little much, but I hope to see him lift the cup in San Jose. You're just hoping that a cup gets lifted and hits in San Jose. I mean, that's so true. Let's talk Flyers right now. How would you? How All would right. you like it if <laughs> Ivan Provorov was paired with Shane Gossespierre? Because We've been through where a lot of people were saying Shane Gossespierre was going to get moved this off season, and he's not going anywhere. And since Madness going to retire, that's a you know it's a big piece of fill. I was kind of expecting it, you know, it's the tail end of his career. But Shane Gossespierre, when we signed Shane Gossespierre, we had a vision that he would be the oldest flyer demon on that squad. And if we didn't get Braun, he would be, but. We got Braun now, and he's the oldest flyer defenseman. Well, so. first off, when it comes to whatever happened to Gosh's beer, we, I mean, he's I either think, in some sick slump or – I don't think it's what happened to Gosh's beer. I think he's just fixed his roles. 
Because when we saw that rookie year, we saw a guy who didn't have much film on him, who had explosive, explosive edges, could make explosive plays, and a great shot. Still has a great shot. But now you see a player who knows how to hit. He knows he's a good hitter. He knows is trying to focus more on his defensive side and be more of a leader rather than just an offensive jump start because we have those. Travis Sandheim, Philip Myers, Ivan Proveroff, they're all offensive jump starters. Yeah, but the thing is, is even if he's focused on his defense, it looks like he's just a, a traffic cone yeah. out there. It does. Can I throw a I'm not doing anything. Was that Adam? I have a crackpot idea. Yes. If you, you're you're willing to listen to me, as flyer people, you you would yeah. be able to tell me the best. I love. How would you feel? I, I I don't watch the Flyers. I'm not a Flyers fan. I'm from the state of Pennsylvania, and I'm a Sharks fan. Figure that one out. I don't know. But how would you feel <laughs> from a team that has done it before? If I'm not mistaken. You moved Ghost Bear as a forward. I've been trying to say that, like, ever since he started playing very poor defensively, but no one wants to listen to my arguments. But I'm with you there, Adam. Because, I mean, looking at the analytics on him, he's definitely an offensive force. Like, there's no doubt about it. He's got a good shot. He's better offensively than he apparently is defensively. Good power play producer. I feel like the move just makes sense. But guess what? We are stacked offensively. Like, even when you think of, like, a fourth line, you still have, you know, Rubitsoff, Jeremy Rubitsoff. He was a first-round pick two years ago. We were were expecting him to be a role player. You still have Michael Roffel, who's a great role player. We are filled with strong role players. That's a big key to winning the Stanley Cup and going deep. So that when you think about it, throwing him on the offense, you know, it's tough. And then you got like Scott Lawton, Nicholas, Nicholas Albay, Kubel, who they just re-signed this offseason. You know, you're going to have Limblom back. You know, you got Faraby, who you think is going to make a big jump. You know, Andrew, Andy Andrioff has been in the minors and has proven he's, he can you play a role player. You know. You guys think, though, that you could tough. definitely – you could definitely help him scratch JBR. Yeah. yeah. Or at least move him for something. Someone will take help, him. You also, know, you also know that JBR can put – I mean, he's a 25-goal scorer, and obviously we're going to have a short season, so he's probably not going to get to 25 goals. But he is can put big points up in his sleep. Not like big, big points, but consistently big points. Be a top-end forward in your court. And that's what they're hoping for because they didn't trade him away. I was considering thinking about it like, hey, you can try and move him and get a get a younger piece. But they're keeping right. Bay Reeves like, and they got be- belief that he can rebound from the season he had last year. Right. And then moving on from, from the Flyers, I mean, another powered D pairing, uh, Roman Yossi and Ryan Ellis. I mean, the only thing about that is there's nothing really around him. It's almost like those two are going to carry the team on their own. I, it's kind of hard to put them up there with, like, your top D pairings. But, obviously, I mean, they're gross, the two of them. I mean, yeah. that's a gross D pairing. Just the team around them isn't that great. So, basically, if you had to, to pick one, one dominant D pairing, you're like, this is going to be the best one in the league. Who you got? Hmm. Fish, I'll let you go first while I think. Okay. Yeah, I, I like at having Shea Weber. You know, I think Shea Weber's kind of that consistent force. And he's with uh, Romanov, Alexander Romanov. And, you that's, know, a, that's a pretty good pairing. Yeah. Shea Weber's a good leader on that team. He is. Mm-hmm. All right, Adam, what do you got? Uh, I'm going to throw out an honor, honorable mention that I found. Uh, my, okay. so my, most of my parents came from looking at NHL 21. but um, Right. The one I saw that no one mentioned, the, the new Vegas Golden Knight, Alex Petrangelo. Petrangelo. And Shea Theodore. Damn, that's gross. That sounds like a scary pairing. 
if that's who they put together, which I think they should. I don't see why not. Um, as far as the best, um, honestly, I'm kind of interested to see what a healthy uh, – I'll pull out my bias again. Carlson and Vlasic, when they're healthy, I want to see what they can do. Absolutely. Crispy pickles. Crispy pickles. Um, <laughs> so, for me, I think – I'm going to say what I haven't said yet, but I do think this is going to be the top just based on the stats that I'm seeing from last year. Give me – this is a really well-rounded D pair. I think that's why I like them the most. Dougie Hamilton and Jacob Slavin in Carolina. Yeah, that is a really they good They are one. absolute shut down. Not a whole lot offensively. They're not going to really get you those, you know, key assists or anything, but they're going to be on the ice when you score. You want to know why? Because they shut shit down. Uh, shot passes, shot attempts, inner slap shots, prevented goal percentages. It's They have all the solid stats of just being a dominant D pair. And, I mean, that Carolina team is scary enough on their own. So, <laughs> they got locked down defense. And then, for some reason, uh, the goaltending there is just going to be ridiculous because it seems like that's just kind of what happens. I mean, they got a Zamboni driver. And he got them a win. You got to be fucking kidding me. The guy didn't even work for Carolina. He worked for Toronto. He beat the team that employed him. That's ridiculous. So, I mean, I don't, I'm honestly just kind of scared of the, the Hurricanes, to be honest with you. That's, yeah. that's a ridiculous squad they got there. All right. So, to finish off our evening here with the boys on the power play, Adam, I want to give you the reins here because there's something that you love to do that we're hoping to make an on-the-power-play segment through social media, whatever Adam wants to do with it. We're kind of giving him a free ride here. But Adam, he, he likes to think of himself as uh, your, your people's GM, if you will, uh, yeah. from the, the lovely place of his own gaming system. Playing NHL 21, we're letting Adam do his own kind of create an organization. He's going to GM a team. You're going to follow him along, see what he likes to do. He might even ask you, the fans, the listeners, mm -hmm. to help him vote. Do Should we make this trade? Should we allocate money over here? Should we bench this guy? Should we promote this guy to captain? So, Adam, I want you to take it away. You got some news for us because you already kind of started it. All right. So, just to run down my resume as the people's GM, um, I've taken the reins of the Minnesota Wild and led them and made them this century's uh, New York Islanders winning them, I believe it was six back to back to back to back to back to back cups. Um, I have what a state that deserves a championship, dear lord. Uh, true, yes. Uh, it, it was hard, I believe we won our first cup in year three, and it was off to the races from there. Cra craziness ensued. Um, <laughs> you, you are listening to the man that had brought Austin Matthews to the Rangers at one point. Um, I, I've led Edmonton to, to a cup. I've led expansion teams to cups. I've done some crazy stuff. You you can ask around. I, I keep spreadsheets. That's how involved I am in this. He does. He keeps spreadsheets. He sent it to us a little while back, and I was baffled by how accurate <laughs> this man kept his NHL 21 rosters. It's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. I'm not going to lie. Everyone should try it out. But so after I was presented with this opportunity, I said, all right. I'm going to challenge myself. I normally don't play with morale on, but I'm going to start playing with morale on. Um, and I decided I'm not going to pick a team I want to do. I'm going to let the universe decide on what team I want to do. And I haven't told you guys this yet, and I think you'll be interested to know that the team that the universe has selected for me to uh, take the helm of is the Winnipeg Jets. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Good. Yes. They're going to be a lot better than – they're going to be a lot better than the New York version of that name, I assure you that. Um, sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm expecting to get yelled at via text any moment. Um, but any I, moment. It's coming. It's coming it's your coming. way. It's coming. I feel it. Uh, there it is. It's to everybody. <laughs> it's right there. Look at that. <laughs> uh, anyway, so looking at this team, um, they have no cap coming out of the gate for the start of this, uh, this season. Um, I'm thinking I might you know, go along with the rumor and trade away Patrick Laine. Uh, controversial. I, I agree with that completely. But, you know, um, I think they're a solid team. I think I, I have a lot of stuff I can work with here. And uh, we'll see what happens. One thing I would like to present to you two, um, right on. Should, I, should I add Seattle 
to this universe. Shake things up a little bit. I like it. Yeah. Really shake Go the ahead. league up out the gate. All right. Will do. So, and uh, then you present Seattle with a line A trade. See what you can get from them. I, I might just, you know, say the hell with it. Just take them. I don't want them. Just take them. <laughs> yeah, don't protect them because you get that option, right? You don't have uh, – you, you, I should have – I would have to look at what the game will allow me to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but just for also some full disclosure, what I'm looking at, um, I'm not going to play with owner mode on. I just don't like the option. Um, like I said before, I am turning morale on. Uh, give myself a little bit more of a, a challenge. You know, I've got to keep right on. things happy. Uh, I do play with salary cap on. That's pretty controversial among, amongst some people, I know. I like to play with it on because I think it's more realistic. I agree. Um, some people don't because they, they find it's a little bit hard to manage, but I don't know. I have fun with it. Um, sometimes I play money ball. Sometimes I say, just take my money. Play for my team. I don't care. That's the people's GM right there. Yes. <laughs> um, I also – I don't play every game. I play one in every ten games. So I'll play, like, opening season. I sim ten. I'll play the 11th, so on and so forth. Playing uh, every game gets exhausting. That just makes it sense. It does. And yeah. it, makes it, it makes the seasons go by really quick. Yeah. Um, for the playoffs, I don't play any of the games unless it's a close third period when it's an elimination game. Right on. Um, only time I'll touch those. Um, as far as rosters go, it's as the NHL stands today. So guys like Zadino Chara, Matthew Barzell, all of them are still in free agency. Uh, Winnipeg won't be getting any of them because they have $1,000 in cap, I believe. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Lots um, of money to deal with for you. I also have – oh, yeah, it's going to be great. I also have as many of the – Rookies that aren't in the game created. So I have guys like Alex Newhook. Um, okay. There was one other guy. Um, I can't remember his name right now. He plays for Montreal. Supposed to be a really good rookie. I think he was part of this last draft class. I could be wrong. Um, if anyone wants to vamp while I look for this, because he's in my rosters. Well, either way, uh, that was just a segment we wanted to present to you, the listeners, to look out for. Uh, probably on our social medias. You can find it on our Twitter. You can find it on our Instagram. Um, we will put those in the description of this episode when it drops on Spotify. And uh, to kind of wrap up the show, uh, Matt and I want to talk a little bit about the World Juniors because it's something that we're interested in. Matt, honestly, I think it really goes without saying that the U.S. and Canada are probably going to be the top two teams, as it is every year. Uh, Canada takes this shit seriously, man. The World Juniors yeah. in Canada is about as big as a cup. Yeah. Just, it's probably because they can't win a cup, but I digress. Yeah, too. Go on. <laughs> really, really, really grab the low-hanging fruit on that one, Adam, huh? That's it's what good. I'm here for. <laughs> taking pot shots at New York Jets, taking pot shots at all the <laughs> terrible Canadian teams. Um, but more than likely, it. Uh, I think the most interesting thing about the uh, – the World Juniors is the draft picks that get to play in it. Draft picks that haven't even played for the team that they were drafted by yet, which I think is a really cool thing about the World Juniors. So, I mean, you have the top three picks all all playing in, in this, which is going to be really cool to watch because it's obviously almost like a precursor on uh, national stage television to watch what it is that they can do. So, Adam you, uh, or Matt, you got anything you want to say about that? I'm excited, man. You know, the – a lot of these teams or a lot of these players coming from, like you were saying, Canada have been playing in college hockey, which I've been following because it's kind of the only team hockey that's being live broadcasted on TV. And so you got, you got play, a lot of players from the Flyers, you know, and other teams. And so it's going to come down to, I think, USA or Canada, you know. I mean, it's pretty much in every year. Russia, thing. Russia's always yeah. in there. The Czech's been in there. Austria's kind of been on the up and up, but they're still young. I'd like to see a little so, more out of the Finns and the Swedes. They have oh, a just, lot of NHL yeah. talent, but they can't seem to figure it out in the World Juniors for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Finns and Swedes are some weird fucking dudes, man. I, I played with the Swede. I played with the Swedish guy uh, in in high school travel, and it was fucking wild. <laughs> uh, and then to kind of wrap up the show, a little bit of hockey news. Uh, obviously, not a whole lot has moved forward on what the season will be. I believe it's still a tentative January 13th to 15th start. 
with camps opening up on the first. I believe that's pretty much a pretty much set in stone. But then obviously we have the divisions. We don't know what's going to happen with that other than the Canadian division. So I mean, things could get real wild here. And then hopefully we find out about a playoff situation so that we can revisit our bracket because why the fuck not? And then uh, it looks like Wayne Gretzky's dad's home was broken into. Uh, Yeah, so two. this is uh, thanks to uh, TSN. Uh, Two arrests were made after Wayne Gretzky's sports memorabilia was stolen from his father, Walter Gretzky's home. Uh, The items that were stolen included game-used sticks, hockey gloves, pants, jerseys, and a Player of the Year award, all estimated to about 50,000. 500,000 U.S. dollars. From the picture I'm seeing of the recovered merchandise, looks like the jerseys that were stolen were one of his Kings jerseys, one of his Eastern Conference uh, All-Stars jerseys when he played for the Rangers, two pairs of his Rangers pants, uh, a set of his Rangers gloves, a set of his Kings gloves, and then the award. uh, It's all there. Uh, But it's been recovered, and there has been an arrest made. Um... They uh, charged a 58-year-old man from Oakville with theft possession of more than $5,000 as well on top of the stolen merchandise. Man was looking to make a couple couple hundo thou from Gretzky. Probably the guy that just bought the million-dollar rookie card trying to make his money back. Yeah, probably. Same dude. Same dude. He's like, damn, now that I'm in national debt over buying (laughs) this card. My wife was like, oh. You, you did what? And like that's I don't I, that's kind of fucked up. I, it, you hate to see it. I'm glad that someone yeah. was arrested and that they found the the stuff because that's his dad's house, man. Like that's that's just rude. Uh, but anyways, looking forward to episode three, boys. Uh, so that wraps up episode two with on the power play. We got Matt, we got Adam, and me, Brian, signing off for the evening. Uh, everybody Holla. have a good week. Hopefully see you next week, and we out.